0: Welcome to the Nourished Woman podcast hosted by yours truly, Gabby Worsring, holistic nutritionist and passionate women's health educator. Together on this podcast, we are going to open up the conversation around hormones, holistic healing, relationships, self-development, and everything in between. So you can feel empowered, educated, and ready to take your health and life into your own hands. Right, hello everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited for today's episode. So, today we're going to dive into the the pandemic, our periods, and our cycles, and how what's going on in the world right now can be impacting our cycles. So, I actually did a um, question box on my Instagram stories, and I asked you guys has your cycle been impacted since we've been in lockdown, since the whole coronavirus thing has come out? And a lot of you said yes, and you told me what was going on with you, which I'm so grateful for, for everybody who commented or answered the question. So I'm going to read a few of them and then we're going to dive into all these different, like, like there's a generally overarching issues that each person is kind of, experiencing. um, and then we're going to dive into like each of those and what might possibly be happening. And then we'll go more into charting versus tracking your cycles and periods. And then we will end off with just some things that you can start to do right now to support your body. So first one was, I haven't had my period since February 1st. I need to learn more about charting versus tracking. Next one, my period was a whole nine days early Another person said, I'm on my second longest cycle since the world's stress began. Another person said, more cramping on day one, more clotting, more pms mood symptoms. Another person said, um, a lot of breast tenderness this time, which is usually not a problem for her. Um, a few other people mentioned having shorter cycles, um, having a lot of heavier bleeds, Um, One person said that they were late almost two weeks for the first time in years, so she's always had regular cycles um, and there's zero chance of her being pregnant. So thank you to everybody who replied to that. It's super, super helpful just to like know what's going on with you guys so I can tailor my information and my resources to help you guys the best. So we're going to dive into, again, each thing that we generally saw. So one of the big ones was having a late period or a missing period. And so what does this mean? Well, first we have to understand that to have a regular cycle, a regular period, which we tend to always talk about regular cycles and think of it as our period being regular. That's like the only marker that we tend to look at. Um, However, we have to start kind of step back from that and focus more on the fact that ovulation is really what dictates our cycles and the regularity of our cycles. So ovulation actually is going to dictate when and if you get your period. So whenever your period is late, I'm saying that in quotes, or if it's delayed, or if you skip it altogether, chances are your ovulation was delayed during that cycle. So that means that your body was either in high stress or there was something going on that prevented you from ovulating and that can be a number of different factors but stress is generally the overarching theme here is that when your body's under stress whether it's um, internal mental stress environmental stress um, there's many different types of stress but Essentially, it's going to signal to your body that it's in an unsafe environment, and if you're in that fight or flight, fight, fight, or freeze mode, you're generally going to be um, not ovulating because your body instinctively is like, okay, it's not a safe time for us to procreate because there are threats in the environment and it could be things just like a toxic person or it could be um, financial stress or it could be something else but your body instinctively treats it the same as having an external threat that could be like life or death Um, even if it's not a life or death situation your body is still going to instinctively treat it that way and then you are going to have delayed ovulation. So that's the first thing to understand is that late periods um, and or missing periods are always, always due to delayed or um, uh, missing ovulation or it's just not happening. So ovulation, drill this home with you guys, ovulation dictates when and if we will get our period. I will say there are circumstances where people will have anovulatory ovulatory cycles where they are still having a period, but they're not ovulating that's another possibility as well, um, but essentially, in this case, the stress is usually just like financial or environmental stress, or again, like what's happening in the world. It's a huge stress, a lot of uncertainty for a lot of people. Um, if it's less, you're having less sleep, which is due to the stress. That's going to be a huge um, stressor on the body. If you're over exercising or under eating, I think under eating is one of those things that people don't really consider a stressor, but A lot of times women do this unintentionally, especially if you're busy, busy, like working and doing stuff. I think... It's not as much of a problem right now for a lot of people because you are at home and you're eating more regular meals and cooking and things. But for a lot of people who were, you know, would have breakfast and then they wouldn't eat until dinner because they were so busy with work, um, that can be a huge stress on the body and kind of ring those alarm bells that there's a stressful situation. Um, And so again, those are all kind of big things I would look at if you're having late or delayed periods. Next one is pain. And I also will put, um, put this in with having heavy periods. So really high inflammation in the body is going to contribute to painful heavy periods and essentially estrogen dominance, um, and low progesterone, which again is super, super common. So, uh, going to the whole progesterone and ovulation thing again, um, when we ovulate the egg comes out of a sac, and that sac remains and it's, turns into a corpus luteum, which essentially is going to be producing that progesterone for you in your whole second half of your cycle. So that is why It's very, very common for people who have very painful, heavy periods or who have um, a lot of PMS, mood symptoms, anxiety, they have um, disrupted sleep patterns, they have bloating, they have swollen, tender breasts is because they don't have enough progesterone. So that can be due to not having an ovulation or it can be due to having an ovulation, but it's not like a very healthy... um, of ovulation it's not very um like the corpus luteum the sac is not healthy and it's not producing sufficient amounts of progesterone so we can have that estrogen dominant state even if you have normal estrogen but as long as you don't have enough progesterone to counteract that and balance out the estrogen you will still have estrogen dominant symptoms so that's why it's very important to get tested if you are really having um, long-term patterns of hormonal imbalances because a lot of people will start treating that as um, estrogen dominance when really your estrogen could be normal levels but you just don't have a healthy progesterone or you're not ovulating so that can contribute to that so that's what pain and heavy bleeding definitely would point towards that Um, an early period so an early period can also be due to stress so I know some people mentioned they had a shorter cycle and so again this can happen if you have low progesterone so Progesterone is supposed to be that dominant hormone for the second half of your cycle until you get your period again. And so essentially, if your progesterone is low, like I said, that you didn't have a healthy ovulation, you have a high stress, generally the body is in a state of stress, you're going to have low progesterone. And so that will shorten your luteal phase um, as well as having a skipped ovulation or an ovulatory cycle because you are not producing that corpus luteum that's going to give us our progesterone. So I hope that makes sense um, in those terms. And then I know someone also mentioned that they had clotting. And so again, clotting also is all kind of tied in together because um, clotting usually links back to the liver when we see a lot of clotting. Um, People with a lot of liver issues will see this and I've experienced this as well in the past. Um, And so that's usually a sign that the liver is sluggish or it's being overburdened. There's a lot of stress in the body, Um, the liver, Uh, in traditional Chinese medicine also is linked to the emotion of anger frustration um, and like pent up feelings so again right now there might be a lot of anger might be a lot of frustration it's a difficult time for a lot of people so kind of looking at those things there it kind of connects and makes sense if you're having more clotting or if you're having it and you never experienced it before and then again tying that into like the heavy painful periods because the body essentially is very inflamed, very stressed. So stress is like the overarching um, common denominator, I guess you can, you could say, Um, in all these situations, stress is going to be the driver of all of the issues, Um, whether it is, again, like I said, environmental stressors, or if it's a mental stressor or a physical stressor, it can be many, many different things. But Usually it's a culmination of high, high stress and your body just not being able to handle it anymore and feeling overwhelmed. So that is just kind of a quick overview of the different things you probably are experiencing right now and what you guys were all saying and then what those possible root causes could be and what it could be linked to. So I know the one question someone mentioned that they want to learn more about charting versus tracking. And this is something that I think is huge and I highly recommend that everybody gets educated on and understand because a lot of people will say that they track their periods, they track their cycles and charting your cycles versus tracking your periods are two very, very different things. So tracking your period is essentially when you just track when your period starts and when your period ends, you don't track any other information like cervical fluid or um, te- basal body temperature or ovulation or anything like that. So Charting your cycles is going to include all of those. So as charting your cycles, is going to include basal body um, thermometers. So you're gonna be charting your temperatures and the changes and fluctuations in your cycle. You're gonna be charting cervical fluid. You also can do LH testing um, and you can chart and track other symptoms as well. And so essentially this is going to help us. The whole point of charting our cycles is to not only chart um, our periods and all of that, but also ovulation. Really, the it comes down to charting ovulation and A lot of people think that ovulation is not important unless you're trying to conceive and that's just not the truth because we all can benefit from a healthy regular cycle. We can all benefit from ovulation and healthy progesterone because I'm just going to say this right now, but like most women who are struggling with anxiety, insomnia, you know, bloating, um, tender breasts um you know all these kind of estrogen dominant symptoms is almost always due to the high stress and not having a healthy ovulation and healthy progesterone. Most people have very low progesterone um and especially coming off the pill and hormonal contraception because that ovulation has been shut down for so long. So charting is really charting your ovulation that's really the like the main event and I always say that ovulation is the main event because it truly is and it's going to dictate when and if you have your period Um, as well as with the whole charting um, and tracking your basal body temperature it can be very helpful with pinpointing when you'll get your period um, cause your temperature will drop down. I won't go super in depth into that, but that's one way of predicting your period or knowing when it will come within a few days. Um, then another thing going back to the charting versus tracking, when you're just tracking your period and not ovulation, that is when fear and worry can arise because you are only tracking your period, not tracking ovulation. So for example, for me, this cycle, I also mentioned this on my Instagram, but I noticed that, so my ovulation usually occurs around days 15 to 16, but this month, or this cycle, I should say, uh, it occurred around day 19. So that's going to tell me that my whole cycle is going to be shifted, and it's going to be longer, and my period will come later than what I would normally expect. However, if I was used to my normal, you know, 29-30 day cycle, but This month it was, or this cycle it was 32 or 33, 34, maybe, that would start to create panic in most people's eyes because they're so used to having a regular period, regular cycle, and that's normal for them. So, having that knowledge and understanding of, okay, ovulation was delayed, so I'm going to expect my whole cycle to be shifted is just it's crazy and it's life-changing just having that because it takes a lot of fear and worry away and a lot of um, empowerment is given to you and confidence because you actually know your body and you know what's happening so you're not kind of like blindfolded just wandering around you know not having a clue what's happening so that's why I do really emphasize charting and learning how to chart those biomarkers and understanding ovulation and its importance and role in our cycle so Those are just some important points about charting versus tracking. And I didn't realize that a lot of people didn't realize the um, difference in them. So I'm super excited to uh, be sharing that. I think that a lot of people will benefit from that. And then I also want to chat a little bit more about what we can do now since, you know, we are in this pandemic, we are in this, you know, huge, um, crazy situation right now. So what can we do to support our body, support our stress? And what are some actionable things that you can start doing right now? All right. So first things first, we really want to get those good routines down. And I know people are probably like, okay, I know I need to sleep. I know I need to have a good morning routine and all this stuff. But I always drill this home because morning routines and bedtime routines are so, so important. They set us up for our day and they also set us up for our sleep, which are the two of the most important things. So starting in the morning, your your sleep actually starts during the day. And I've said this before in different posts and I've talked about it in my stories, but sleep does start during the day. So when you wake up, first thing, I want you to try to not reach for your phone and not reach for the news and outside sources of things. I want you to wake up and whether you do your basal body temperature or all of that sort of stuff, sync up your temp drop, do that. And I want you to do things that will bring you joy and that are a good setup for your day. So whether it's reading a little bit of your book or pulling some tarot cards or journaling and doing some gratitude gratitude journaling or setting an intention for the day. It's a really great way to start the day as well. Um, when I first get up, I take my dog out to the bathroom right away and I've been trying to go out and get some sun exposure as soon as I wake up. This is going to help reset your circadian rhythm and being outside is also very, very good for your stress and super healing. So I always try to go outside and I also try to ground myself. So I try to take my shoes off and stand in the grass for a few minutes while she's outside and just like be present with her because it's so easy to just get started with our day and just like go into social media or start getting into work and just like having that quiet time in the morning is really really nice and then having like your morning lemon water or your chlorophyll elixir whatever you choose to do and make a good right good breakfast Um, and then throughout the day what you can do is make sure you're having regular meals that have a protein a fat and a carb and just making sure that they're whole foods they are minimally processed they're not full of like you know, processed additives and refined industrial seed oils, just making sure that they're real whole foods and ensuring that you have regular meals is, it seems so small, but it's huge because not having regular meals and fasting for too long or, you know, going into these states of low and high blood sugar very rapidly can create a lot of stress in the body And when our body isn't being um, fed its proper fuel, which, you know, of course, carbs is uh, carbs, glucose is a huge fuel source for the body. When those cells aren't getting that, it's going, our body's going to start to produce its own um, fuel source through gluconeogenesis. And that's going to happen in the liver. And that's just going to create more stress on the body because it thinks that you're in this state of, you know, not having any food around. So Again, you have to kind of go with like how you feel and what works best for you, but regular meals every three to four hours with a balance of protein, fat, and carbs is one of the best ways to manage stress and help balance your blood sugar, which is very, very important. So that's a really really good thing you can do throughout the day. Um, And then going outside, like I said, throughout the day, getting outside, getting some sun, getting your vitamin D grounding yourself being out in nature is one of the best stress relievers and just disconnecting from the screens and the news and just everything that's being like thrown at us right now so those are some of the biggest things that you can do throughout the day um, and of course there's different supplements and things that you can take as well I know magnesium and b-complex are probably like my go-to's for people who are highly, highly stressed. If they've been on the birth control pill, those are very common nutrient depletions as well. And a lot of different medications can deplete, um, B vitamins and magnesium as well. So those are like my two big nutrients that I do suggest. If you are wanting to supplement or support your body, if you're noticing that your sleep is really bad, or if you're noticing that your energy is really bad, um, and you're just feeling like depleted. And then again, sleep is so, so, so important. And I think that Honestly, it's one of the biggest things that we can do right now because like not having enough sleep is going to create a lot of hormonal imbalances, a lot of stress, and it's also going to impact how we eat. It impacts our hunger hormones, so leptin and ghrelin. Leptin is the hormone that's going to signal that you're full. And when we are deprived of sleep and don't have good quality sleep, or we don't have a lot of sleep, it's going to um, be decreased. And that's actually our, our hormone that's going to tell us if we're full. So having less of that is not good. And then when we have bad sleep or low quality sleep, our uh, ghrelin hormone is going to be ramped up and increased. And I almost say gremlin because I do call it the gremlin hormone in quotes because that is our hunger hormone and that's going to make you more hungry. And so when you are deprived of sleep, you're going to have more of this hunger hormone and you're going to have less of this um, hormone that gives you that satisfaction and tells you that you're full. So this is why a lot of times from an all-nighter or if you've had really bad sleep for a while, you just may feel hungry all the time or you're grabbing for foods that you normally wouldn't grab for because you're just you're so hungry and your body instinctively wants the most high calorie nutrient or not nutrient dense but the most high calorie foods that will fuel it so sleep is super super important really really good for um reducing our stress and so before bed my tips for you would be to turn the screens off um because being on screens, not only can it be stressful being on social media, especially right now, um, and talking to people, but it's also the blue light that's being emitted from it that is going to keep us awake. So, whether you have a blue light filter on your phone or uh, your laptop, um, having blue light f- uh, filtering glasses is really helpful. But overall, just trying to remove the screens for like an hour at least before bed is gonna be really good. For me, I find that it's really, really hard to disconnect, but it's so good, and I try to a few nights a week turn my phone off at like 7 or put it away and try to not use it that whole evening because it's honestly a huge stress um, relief and not having to look at a screen or see what people are talking about or have to answer to people right away just like being truly present um, in your life at home is kind of nice honestly it's kind of refreshing so um, no screens before bed is really good and dimming the lights so I recommend we have salt lamps that we use on our bedside tables and we try to just keep those on or have candles on um, and just dim the lights because again the bright lights are going to signal to your brain that it's daytime and then it's going to suppress melatonin production which will mean you have less um, uh, less of a deep sleep so that's super, super important. Um, and then usual things like just making sure that your room is blacked out, um, making sure it's cool, it's not super hot um, and those kind of things. So just finding your groove, finding what works for you, but those are really like the biggest tips I could give you right now is to just disconnect, go outside, be outside, find things that you truly enjoy to do and do them. If they don't involve screens, especially it would be great, like puzzles or reading a book or doing word searches, word fun. That's what I've been doing. Um, doing some art or cleaning and organizing your home or, you know, talking to a friend, um, over the phone or, um, those kind of things. I don't know, writing, journaling, gardening, uh, going for walks, bike rides, like whatever it is for you do those sort of things because disconnecting is so so helpful and for me at the beginning of this pandemic, I was super high stress because I was watching the news 24 seven and I was just being consumed by the media and just everything that was happening and trying to figure out what's going on. And that's only going to create more stress and more havoc in your body. So the more that you can step away and just, you know, it's important to be informed and know what's going on, but we don't need to be glued to the TV or social media 24 seven. We can still go on without all that. So, Highly recommend doing that because since I've really limited the news now, I feel so much better and it takes a huge stress off of you. So I just wanted to give those tips and pointers for people who are struggling right now and if you are, you know, going through a very, very stressful time and you feel like, you know, if you've been off the pill or you've had other health issues going on and you feel like you do need, you know, supplements or you need some extra support or targeted um, care or custom uh, help. Uh, I'm always available in the DMs on Instagram or you can email me hello at gabbyborgering.com and I'm always available if you want to chat and talk further Um, and I also have discovery calls that you can book if you want to just chat and maybe get some pointers or direction with where to start Um, and I also have a freebie that I've just created for you guys so it's 10 habits that you can implement into your daily routine and I give you like a checklist of where you could put them in your daily routines like whether it's morning or during the day or evening and I did include some of the ones I talked about today but there is more and then I also have um Besides the checklist, I also have how to create your own morning elixir, which I've talked about a little bit on my Instagram and I've shared mine before, but I share, you know, what you could do and how you can make your own to support um, progesterone, support ovulation and support detoxification so that you can have a healthy, regular cycle. So those are just my big things right now, just getting those basic, basic things, which I think seems like very minimal a lot of people are like well you know I want to have some intricate plan of like what can I do but honestly right now just going back to the basics keeping it super super simple getting fresh air movement sunlight sleep regular meals and just disconnecting from screens is the best thing that you can do for you- yourself and honestly not having to spend any money on those things and just doing that for free it's gonna be the best thing you can do for your health so start there and then If you feel like you need more support or more help, there's always um, more out there that you can get, but that's just a really great starting point. So, I hope that this podcast was really helpful for you guys. I hope I answered some questions. If you have more questions, feel free to reach out to me through my email. Like I said, I'll have it all linked in the show notes, and I can always create another podcast episode too if you guys want me to dive into more of a specific topic. But those are generally the the um, things that you guys were asking the most about and that was all of my basic tips and where you guys should go from here so thank you all so much for listening I hope that you enjoyed this podcast episode if you enjoyed the episode I would love to hear your feedback if you can give a rating and review on iTunes I would really really appreciate that we have new episodes every Monday so we will see you next week